I proclaim to you the word of God as we confess that this afternoon in Lord's Day 43 of the Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 43. And there the word of God has been summarized in question and answer form as follows. What is required in the ninth commandment? I must not give false testimony against anyone. Twist no one's words. Not gossip or slander. Nor condemn or join in condemning anyone rashly and unheard. Rather, I must avoid all lying and deceit as the devil's own works under penalty of God's heavy wrath. In court and everywhere else, I must love the truth, speak and confess it honestly, and do what I can to defend and promote my neighbor's honor and reputation so far our confession. Brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ and boys and girls who belong to him, later on in this worship service, we plan to celebrate the Lord's Supper. And in the, in, in the Lord's Supper celebration, we're promised a lot by God. In the Lord's Supper, God seals his promise to forgive all our sins for Jesus' sake because of his suffering and death on the cross. And he promises to nourish us to new life in Christ. To strengthen us in a, in a life of obedience to him. And we, we can believe those promises because they're made by God. And God never lies. And that God is so true and merciful should make us joyful and thankful, right? For imagine if we couldn't really trust what God says in his word or what he signifies and seals to us in the sacrament of the Lord's Supper or in baptism. Then we, we would never have real comfort or stability in life. We couldn't trust God. But God wants us, wants to renew us so that we are encouraged to trust Him and so that we more and more become like Him. He wants us to also be trustworthy in everything that we say. He wants us to stand for the truth, congregation. In other words, He wants us to look like Jesus to be reformed in the image of our Savior who was also true and trustworthy. God has Christ proclaimed to us in word and sacrament today so that believing in Him, we may be more and more formed into His image, also in connection with how we speak with the ninth commandment, speaking the truth, that we love and speak and confess the truth. That we're trustworthy people. That's what he wants to make of us. Through word and sacrament. And I proclaim to you the word then this afternoon as we confess that in Lord's Day 43. With this theme, whoever follows Jesus will be careful to love, speak, and confess the truth. And that's because Jesus had to suffer for the truth. 
Secondly, Jesus had to fight for the truth. And thirdly, Jesus was victorious for the truth. First of all, Jesus had to suffer for the truth. We read from Peter, 1 1 Peter 2. And Peter wrote that letter, his letter to Christians scattered throughout Asia Minor, servants, men, women, office bearers. It wasn't easy for those Christians to show that they were Christians, though. There was a lot of discrimination against them because they were Christians. And persecution. And a lot of them were thrown off by that. Is this what being a Christian is about? And some didn't know how they ought to respond to that persecution. How should they behave towards others and towards the authorities who were behind a lot of that persecution and discrimination? Well, the Apostle Peter wanted to encourage those Christians with his letter. He urges them to lay aside at the beginning of 1 Peter 2, to lay aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking. And to submit to the authorities, for that is the will of God. So that by doing good, speaking the truth, they may silence those who oppose them. And then he also writes about suffering for the truth. He writes that there's suffering and there's suffering. If you suffer for doing wrong and take that patiently, no benefit in that. You deserve it. But if you suffer for doing good, and if you bear that suffering patiently, then he says that's commendable before God. And then he writes, verse 21 of that chapter 2, he writes there, For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth. What does it mean to follow in Jesus' steps? You know, think of a little narrow path through the forest, along the brink of the escarpment, for instance, in the dark. Somebody who knows the way and has been there many times before is in front of you. And as you walk, as long as you walk exactly in the footsteps of that other person, you're not going to get lost or fall over a cliff. You'll stay on the good path. But, if you, but you need to pay close attention to that person in front of you. In other words, we need to pay close attention to Jesus' example of suffering for doing good and follow that example. If we follow in how he dealt with suffering for the truth, then we'll stay in the good way and not end up losing our way or harming ourselves spiritually. We won't end up in that area of deceit, malice, hypocrisy, evil speaking. What was that example that the Lord Jesus gave us? Well, 
says the apostle, quoting Isaiah 53, he committed no sin nor was deceit found in his mouth. And when he was reviled, he did not revile in return. And when he suffered injustice, he did not threaten. See, the Lord Jesus never broke the ninth commandment. He never broke the ninth commandment. Our Savior hated it when people did not speak the truth. He knew that lying is the work of the devil, as we confess that in Lord's Day 43. He knew the great liar from the beginning, the devil called the deceiver. And that this is, his, this is the mark of his work. So the Lord Jesus stayed far from lies, deceit, and malice. Because he knew God as his father. But he suffered because of that. He suffered for the truth. God's son came to this earth to speak the truth. He is the truth himself. He was the light, but people loved the darkness instead of the light. John writes near the beginning of his gospel. And how he must have suffered under that. He, be- he became the man of sorrows. He had come from God to this earth to dispel the lies of the devil and the deceit. But people loved the lie more than the truth. Think of how the Jewish leaders opposed him. Think of his betrayal by Judas, his own disciple. And think of Peter, who wrote that letter we read from, how Peter denied his Lord with outright lies. And then Caiaphas, the high priest, accused Jesus of lying too. And Pilate asked him when he was standing there, what is truth? And the truth was standing there, right in front of him, from God. Bloodied and bound with ropes. Jesus suffered his whole life long because of lies and deceit. He was put to death through the lies of the devil and of people. That's what we remember with the Lord's Supper celebration this afternoon, congregation. We confess that he also died for our sins on the cross, our lies and deceit too, and our hypocrisy and malice. But we also know that that still lives in us. It's not completely dead in us. There's a lot of deceit and untruth in us yet. And hypocrisy. Why did Jesus not open his mouth as he was falsely condemned and crucified? Why didn't he scream out his innocence against all the lies and injustice? Why didn't he bring in the whole hosts of angels to blow all those people away? You know the answer. He did it for us. In order to free you and me from the guilt of our untruths and from the power of the lie. For lying and deceit bring you to the devil. The devil invented those things. But Jesus suffered and died in order to bring us away from the devil and into the kingdom of God's truth. And he gave us an example how to live in this world so full of lies and deceit yet. As Paul writes elsewhere, 
Let the attitude of Christ control you. Let the attitude of Christ control you. And what you say, and when you say it, all in honesty and trustworthiness and truth, without malice, even if it causes you loss of face, even if it causes you suffering. Stand for the truth. Speak the truth. The Lord Jesus didn't get caught up in all the lies and deceit of this fallen world. He remained true and honest. What about us who profess him then? If you believe in him, then you also realize that lies and deceit need to be pushed out of your own heart, soul, mind, life. Jesus wants us to walk in his steps, to live and speak as he did. This is why he gave himself to. Even if it's easier to lie, even if the truth causes you to suffer, and how often doesn't that happen? Eh? We don't want to face the consequences of something, so we can lie about it. But Jesus suffered and died for the truth, and he died for us so that we'll want to lay aside all malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and evil speaking, as Peter mentions at the beginning of 1 Peter 2. Lying, deceit, and evil speaking are what make this world sick. We should never accept those things as normal. The way Jesus lived and spoke as man here, that's normal. That he suffered for the truth, that is normal. If we, we love him, then we'll also want to follow in his steps, hating lies and hypocrisy, and honestly loving and confessing the truth and promoting our neighbor's honor in whatever we say. And then the question is, congregation, are you following your Lord and Savior in that? Our, the second part of the sermon was Jesus had to fight for the truth. Following Jesus also means following him and fighting for the truth, standing up for it. How did the Lord Jesus fight for the truth? Did he shout and bang his fist on the table? Did he, as we mentioned already, call all the angels together to destroy the deceit of the devil at one time? Did he want to bring about the new heavens and the new earth by force of might? He could have done it. Could have done it right there. He didn't. No, he brings about the coming of his kingdom by means of the word and spirit. You see how he works during his time here on earth. How the, the Lord Jesus worked. The devil did his utmost to derail him from his purpose. The devil tempted him in the wilderness. Just bow the knee to me just a little bit once and I'll give you all the kingdoms of the earth. But Jesus lived out of God's word, God's truth. And throughout his ministry on earth, the devil tried to disrupt his purpose. He set people against him, causing him to suffer unjustly, to suffer for the truth. But Jesus didn't react with anger. No, says Peter, 1 Peter 2, 23, Jesus committed himself to him who judges justly. 
He left all that injustice and all that deceit of the devil and of people with his Father in heaven. He said, you, you will judge it. And then, and then you wonder, could he really defeat the devil like that? It hardly sounds like fighting. Doesn't seem like the best way to fight lies and deceit, does it? You think the best way would be to fight those things with force. If you had all the power in heaven and earth like Jesus had, fight it with force. That's not what Jesus did. Jesus gave it over to his God and Father. That's where he brought his suffering and his sorrow and injustice done to him. He simply spoke the truth of God's word to people and rested in his Father. He warned them earnestly in love, but he gave it over to his Father. Think of how he spoke to the leaders of the Jews who were so full of deceit, hypocrisy, even envy. And of what he said to his betrayer, Judas. He said, Judas, do you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? And when Peter denied him, he turned around. He was bound there in the court of the high priest. The Lord Jesus turned around and looked at Peter with eyes that brought Peter to bitter weeping because of what he had done. And when first Caiaphas and later Pilate asked, are you the king of the Jews? He simply said, it is as you say, and that was it. For the rest he was silent. And when Pilate asked him what is truth, he didn't say anything because Pilate had the truth standing there before him but didn't want to accept that. See, Jesus fought for the truth and justice of God always and everywhere in this world. His whole life and death were a battle to the end with the devil, with all his lies and deceit and false promises. And how did Jesus resist? How did he fight? He simply upheld the truth of God's word, God's promises. Because he fully trusted his father. He knew that only the word of God is truth. And only with God there is blessing. So he kept bringing the word to all of those who were trying to destroy him. And Jesus' battle for the truth sometimes doesn't seem like much of a victory, does it? The devil seems to have won that war. If you think about it, the soldiers at Jesus' tomb were paid to lie about his resurrection. His disciples took him away at night. And the power of the lie hasn't been destroyed by far. We see that in this world today. How much deceit isn't out there on the internet, for instance. How many people aren't deceived by all kinds of things on the internet? And we experience it in our own lives. The truth is often harder to say than the lie or half a lie. The battle against the lie doesn't seem to have advanced all that much. Seems as if the lie all too often is the easiest and the most advantageous way to deal with something. And so it wins. But Jesus gave us an example to follow in his steps. He obeyed the Father's word and spoke the truth of God and gave everything 
over to him who judges justly, who knows what's going on. And he shows us that we need to just do the same. Just speak the truth. Stick to the Bible. Go with the gospel. Give it over to God. It's the truth, even if so many today call it the myth branded a lie. Just believe that word. Just obey it and leave the outcome in God's hands. Lay aside all malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and evil speaking, even if it seems that those things give a greater reward to other people. And be trustworthy and honest and upright in your speaking. Confess the truth and speak it uprightly as God wants you to in his word. God will make sure that's, that's what's going to stand in the end. When all the, that has been the lie will be destroyed. The truth will ultimately be victorious. Jesus shows that too in his death and resurrection and his ascension in triumph. Walk in his steps and you will see the ultimate victory of the truth too on the last day and to eternity. So we've already you realize, slid into the last part of the sermon. Jesus was victorious for the truth. Congregation on the cross, Jesus bore God's wrath against all lies and deceit and hypocrisy and injustice. That's what we remember at his table this afternoon too. But he also bore the names of all God's elect in his heart there on the cross. He died for specific people in our place. And then he rose victorious over death and the devil. And there, the lie had already lost to the truth, we could say. And so now, the way is open for us to live in sincerity and honesty. If we follow in the footsteps of our Savior... Because by his death he has obtained for us the life-giving spirit too. His spirit, by means of the word and the sacrament, about the victory of Jesus, that spirit wants to live in us and remake us into Christ's image. So like him, we love the truth and speak it and confess it honestly. And so we learn to hate the lie and love the truth. We love the truth of the gospel that everyone who believes in Jesus Christ has eternal life. We know that that's the truth and that the truth is victorious in spite of what others may say and in spite of what we sometimes see around us today and in spite of what we sometimes experience in our own life. And we then want to speak and confess the truth honestly too. And God will give us what we need for that. The gospel of truth and the spirit of Christ who wants to control our lives and are are speaking more and more. So whoever knows Christ as Savior and follows in his steps 
is not going to be interested in twisting others' words, in gossip or slander, in condemning rashly, in lying or in deceit. Those things belong with the devil, and the devil is defeated. He's going under, and we've been freed from his power by Christ. We want to follow in his footsteps, up, up, to victory. And you realize then, too, that Loving the truth and speaking it honestly will mean you have to fight deceit and injustice like Jesus Christ did too. But like him, you'll also be able to commit yourself to him who judges justly. Even if it brings loss of face or hardship or suffering. You'll be able to entrust the outcome to God because you know that Christ whom you follow has obtained the victory over it all. That's what the Lord's Supper celebration wants to assure us of. Jesus Christ has delivered us from the guilt of our lies and deceit, has freed us from the power of the devil so that the lie can die in us and that we can walk in the truth more and more. And knowing that, we can take up the good fight joyfully because we know We're on the way to a future in which there will never be deceit or lies or injustice forever. Amen.